Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to this Ash Wednesday service. It is particularly special tonight because we are joined by our good friends from Northside Community Bible Church and by their excellent pastor, Jackie Flake. Jackie will be helping to officiate and lead this service with us. I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul as we all gather here tonight that all of us are one in Christ Jesus the Lord. It is a fitting way for us to begin our journey to Easter Sunday, celebrating the love of God in Christ Jesus as one people. Let us worship God. Let us listen to the prophetic voice of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 1 and 2. Shout out, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet, announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sin, yet day after day they seek me in delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of their God. They asked of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to me. Let us pray. O oh Lord God, the conflicting of our hearts on the one hand, delighting to draw near to you while taking delight in the willful wrongdoing of our neighbors. Lord, we pray that you remind us in the spiritual understanding of our forefather, David, that against you and you alone have we sinned, even when we sin against one another. So individually, we cry out, and collectively, we say, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus, 
Son of God, have mercy on us, sinners. It's in the trusted name of Jesus. Amen. be seated. As we begin these 40 days of Lent, we remember that the reason we begin it is because every year at Easter, we celebrate our redemption through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lent is our 40 days to prepare for that coming celebration. So we begin this holy season by acknowledging our need for repentance, by acknowledging the mercy and the forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This journey tonight begins with ashes. This ancient sign speaks of the frailty and the uncertainty of each of our lives, and it marks the penitence of this community. I invite you, therefore, in the name of Christ, to observe a holy Lenten season, these 40 days, a time of self-examination, of prayer, of fasting, of works of love, of immersion in God's word. And now, as part of our penitence, we bow before God, our creator and our redeemer. We confess our sin together first, we will confess together in the prayer printed for us, and then Cody will sing for us our song initially, and then we will join him. Let's pray together. Gracious God, show grace to me, I pray. Wash me thoroughly and cleanse me from my sin. I know my offenses because they are always right in front of me. It is you, O Lord, whom I have offended. 
You would be right to judge me, but I pray you will forgive me instead. Blot out all my iniquities, create something new in me, O God, a clean heart. Renew your presence in my life, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I pray for your gracious favor, for you alone can deliver me. Amen. offer to you again this night the good news of Jesus Christ's gospel. The good news is that Jesus did not come into this world for those who are healthy, for those who are sinless. Jesus said, I came into this world for those who are sick. I came into this world for the sinner. Jesus Christ came into this world for you and for me. Know that it is his work in your life that forgives you of your sin. And he calls you to be people of peace. Amen. In that good news of Jesus Christ always precedes the bad news. Hear the voice of the prophet Joel as he shouts, blow the trumpets in Zion. <coughs> Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spreads upon the mountain. A great and powerful army comes. There's, their likes has never been from of old nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet, yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rinse your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He relents from punishing. Who knows? whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy between the vestibule and the altar. Let the priest and the ministers of the Lord weep. Let them say, spur your people, O God. Do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the people, where is their God? Our second scripture reading tonight comes to us from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verses 16 to 21. I invite you now to listen to God's word to us. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. 
truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father, who is in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Talking about treasure is tough because almost nobody thinks that they're wealthy. That's what the treasure bit implies, right? It implies that you're kind of loaded. So let's think about it a little differently. Instead of thinking about our treasure, I would like you to do me a favor and think about your storage. Think about your storage. There is a member of the Blackburn household who likes to watch the shows where people go house hunting. I'm not going to name any names. You'll just have to guess. Where people go house hunting. And there's a member who doesn't like to watch those shows, and so oftentimes he will have his head down, but he will often raise his head when, you hear, when he hears the oohs or the ahs because I want to know what everybody's so excited about in this house that they're looking for. And sometimes it's like a kitchen But a lot of times, do you know what it is? It's a closet. They walk into the closet off the master bedroom, and these people lose their minds. They start thinking about all the clothes they can hang, how they can display their shoes, the drawers which will hold all of their shirts, their jewelry. It blows their minds. And so I started thinking more about storage. America loves to store stuff outside of our homes. Sometimes a closet isn't enough, so we rent a little storage unit. Sometimes it's a big storage unit. Do you know how much money we spend every year as a country storing things away from our house? It's $29 billion. We are all in the wrong business, unless you're in the storage business, and I say kudos to you. $29 billion we spend storing stuff that doesn't fit in all the closets in our house. Ah, but there is one more place where we keep our important things. It's the cloud. How many of us pay the extra $2.99 a month for the cloud? Right? We pay for the cloud. What's in the cloud? It's our passwords. It's our documents. Most importantly, it's our pictures of our kids or our great vacation that we took. That stuff is priceless. If the cloud collapsed, we would lose our minds. And speaking of that, if I haven't hit it yet, if you still kind of are not down with the idea that you have treasure, let me ask you this. Have you ever lost or misplaced your phone? If you have, what was the immediate physical experience and sensation you had when you realized you didn't know what it was? It was close to panic, wasn't it? And I say this this was no judgment because I have panicked. So, I hope that we can all agree that we do, in fact, have treasure. We have treasure. I think of all the things that I have stored away, all the things I have tucked in drawers and closets, all the pictures I have in the cloud, all my passwords that I've saved someplace. I think about all these things that I have tucked and squirreled away, and then I think about the power that those things wield over me. And I would suspect I would suspect that if all of us did a similar inventory, we would find that we have quite a lot that we treasure. Quite a lot that we try to store up for ourselves 
to make sure that it's there whenever we need it, whenever we want it, whenever we might have cause to use it, whenever it just exists to make us feel better, we have treasure. And this is why, this is why it is important that this night in particular exists. This night, more than almost any other, we could read that passage from Matthew almost any day of the year. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures on hev- in heaven. We could read it almost any day, but today, today it sounds different. Tonight it sounds different. Why? It sounds different because in a few minutes, you're going to walk down these aisles. And Tasha or Jackie is going to take some ash and they're going to rub it on their thumb. And they're going to put it on your forehead or they're going to put it on your wrist. And they're going to look you in the eye and they're going to say to you, you are dust and to dust you shall return. It sounds a little morbid. It seems a little sad if we think too much about it, but it's not. It's just the truth. We are dust. We are dust. I am dust. And to dust shall I return. And I could go home, and I could make that exact same mark on all my treasures my most valuable possessions. The painting that I got one time that I love, the phone that I always have to know where it is, my favorite t-shirt that I've had since I was a kid, I could make the same sign and I could remember those things are dust too. All those things that we treasure, all those things that we store up, All those things that we tuck away in our closets and in our storage units and up in the cloud, all those things are like us. They are dust. And one day, to dust, they shall return. And what do we do with this knowledge? What do we do with this information? What do we do? about these treasures. We remember that in the end, they aren't our treasures at all. This night marks the beginning of a walk that we're going to take, a journey that we're going to go on. And that journey ends on a very specific day. It ends on a very specific day. It ends on the day when we commemorate for like the 2,000th year in a row that the tomb was empty. We are beginning a journey to the very heart, the very fulfillment of God's love for us, the triumph of Christ over death and over sin. We are walking that way, and we are remembering that our treasure does not exist in all those places we think we have it tucked away. It exists in that tomb. It exists in that story. It exists in those promises. It exists in our hearts. It exists in the kingdom of heaven. And it is God's love for us. It is the very embodiment of God's love for us. That is the treasure. That's it. It is God's love for us. You've been to weddings before, and you've heard them read 1 Corinthians 13. And you've heard him say that love never ends. And the last line of that passage, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Why? Because it's the only one that is eternal. It is love that is eternal. And you can't keep it in a closet. It doesn't fit in a storage unit. We don't log in and find it in the cloud. That love that God has for us, it is forever. It will never turn to ash. It will never be dust. 
you see? Do you understand the difference? It will never be dust. I am dust. To dust shall I return. All my stuff, dust, to dust shall it return. But the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord, is our treasure because it was and is and ever shall be. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.
The 40 days of Lent were originally a season set aside in the early church for those who wanted to be baptized on Easter. It was the first new members class, the first confirmation class. And over time, whole congregations began to take on the season, even if they had been baptized, as an opportunity to prepare for Christ's death and resurrection, again as an opportunity to go on that journey with him. On any journey, we need Christ's presence and we need his nourishment. And so we come to the table of Jesus Christ tonight. He is the host and he welcomes you. So come to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not, you who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites you to meet him here. Let us pray. Lord, we offer to you these ordinary gifts of bread, of cup, and we pray that in your work they would be Christ's body, Christ's blood, nourishment for this journey. And we pray that you would take our ordinary lives and that through your work you would make them holy as well. We thank you that at this table, at the meeting place of heaven and earth, that we join your saints in communion with you, offering our praise along with theirs. In this meal, make us one, Lord, we pray. It is in your name we ask it. Amen. We remember that it was the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he sat at a table with his disciples, and before their eyes, he took bread from the table, he broke it, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then after they had eaten the meal, Jesus took a cup. He said, this cup, it symbolizes a new covenant. And this covenant is sealed in my blood. So take and drink. And when you do, remember me. And so, as often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we do remember our Lord's death, and we celebrate, for we know that he comes again. This is not a Presbyterian table. This is the table of Jesus Christ, and all who love him are welcome here. We're going to ask that from the back rows to the front, you'll come down the inner aisle. You can receive ashes on your forehead. If that makes you feel uncomfortable, put your hand out and you can receive ashes on your hand. Take a bread, take a cup, and return to your seat, and we will eat and drink together. Come, for all is ready. Would the servers please come forward?
Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever believes in me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. Abide in me, and I abide in you. Let us pray. In our prayer, there will be a time of silence where we can offer our concerns to the Lord, either silently or aloud. Let's pray. Lord, you know that we need you every hour as we embark on this walk with you, trusting that you are the way, the truth, the life. We thank you for this time of communion. We thank you for the nourishment it provides for our spirits. And we thank you for your presence among us. We offer our prayers this night for those who live far and whose names we'll never know, and for those who are right nearby and whose situations lie heavy on our hearts. Lord, we offer our prayers now for particular people and situations. Hear our prayers. Lord, we even pray for ourselves. We want to be your brothers and sisters, your hands and feet in this world. And so take us from this place, refilled with every gift of the Holy Spirit. It is in your name that we offer this prayer. And together we pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our final hymn is number 418, Softly and Tenderly Jesus is Calling.
And so we have now begun our Lenten journey. There will be no more alleluias. It'll be a season of repentance and reflection. We don't know what is in store for us over the next 40 days, but we know how they end. As we end this service, I would remind you that we will depart the sanctuary in silence. And as you go, my friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Amen.